there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, it is February. The month of January is behind us, and as cold as it was, the markets were hot. Oh, they were hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, very, very strong single-digit performance, both sides of the border. Uh, I will say the uh, U.S. dollar, uh, which reigned supremacy for the last few years, uh, has given back. Uh, the Fed in the United States said they're going to pause an interest rate hike. So, uh, so far, so good for 2019. It is game on. Uh, if you've been listening to High Fire Radio, Jack and I have been doing our best to hold your hand through all of this turmoil. But again, this is a show about money. And uh, there is so much more to money than stocks. It's a key component of, of course, building wealth, as is a house, uh, as is having a good financial plan. Uh, but uh, perhaps the briskness outside has you wandering south of the border, you snowbird. Uh, we got a cross-border accountant, Mark Fagenbaum. Uh, he's been on Hi-Fi Radio before. Uh, not only is he a lawyer, he's an accountant. So we have an accountant and a lawyer uh, dual equipped. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic combination, Mark, and I want to thank you for joining us in uh, the studio for Hi-Fi Radio. Well, thanks morning. for having me. No, I, I commend you for your uh, accreditations because, uh, again, I've said this before, um, a lot of accountants don't truly appreciate tax law to its uh, current writings, and a lot of lawyers don't appreciate the importance of tax preparation. And so I, I, the marriage of the two makes a lot of sense, uh, especially with the type of clientele you are dealing with. Because again, Jack mentioned me, you deal with a lot of uh, athletes. Uh, you deal with some ent- entertainers as well? Yeah, entertainment, athletes, and anybody moving to the U.S., coming to Canada, moving their business to the U.S. Being, yeah. being a lawyer really allows you to, to set up the proper structures, right, uh, and do the proper planning, I think. Whereas the accountant, you know, they're always looking backward and they're doing the reporting, but to, to have the combination is, is very powerful. And, and again, there, there has been so much paranoia uh, with Uncle Sam's uh, far-reaching tentacles, uh, far-reaching enough that they could get the Swiss to open up their bank statements and, and share with the world or share with the American authorities as to who owned various accounts. So this shows you how powerful Uncle Sam is. Um, but uh, Jack and I come across a number of clients who perhaps were born on a tarmac in Oh, I don't know. Uh, Fort. What, what, what is the president? I'm not sure which military base it was, yeah, but, but it was but, on a military on base, a mil- I think. Yeah, but born on tarmac. Was and there for maybe a couple of days, and because they were born in the U.S., they're considered an American citizen. Canadian parents, but all of a sudden born in America. But if, now I would say if you want to deal with the U.S., you got to follow their rules. Very powerful, like you said. And, and Well, if you were born in the United States and you live elsewhere, you still must... Uh, pay attention to the requirements of the United States. So, um, Mark, l- l- let's start with snowbirds. Uh, g- give us a, this, this skinny. Uh, to remain a Canadian or, or, or non-fouling U.S. tax reporter, and you, if you vacation in Florida, perhaps, um, how many days uh, are you allowed to remain in America uh, without violating uh, that uh, condition? Well, the first rule is that for immigration purposes, you're allowed to be there for six months. And so you can you can stay for pleasure for up to six months in a year. Now, for tax purposes, there's a, a bunch of different rules which make you a resident of uh, the U.S. for tax purposes. And um, it's a formula of how many days you've been there every single year. And it works based on the days you've been there this year, plus um, some of the days last year, plus the year before. If you do all the math, it works out to about 122 days. Then you start getting into the, the U.S. Um, 
filing status. 120, not, so it's a third of a year. Right, but but that being said, then um, they have a procedure that you can just file a form and say, yeah, I went over the 122 days this year plus last year plus the year before, but I'm still a resident of Canada for tax purposes. You fill out the form and you're good. It's when you start getting over 183 days, then you have to do a little bit more work. to. See yeah, I, th- that's what I thought it was a year less a day. Or half, half a year less a day? Well, yeah, it is. The, the, that Once you're over that point of view, so uh, the 183 days in any given year, then you have to file an election under the Canada-U.S. Treaty, the agreement between Canada and the U.S. and says that I'm still resident of Canada, that U.S. tax doesn't apply to me. Uh-huh. And, and, and now let's pivot over then to um, uh, the American who has lived their entire life in Canada less a day. Um, are they still required, in your opinion, in your professional opinion, to continue to let the American authorities know where their bank accounts are, where their investment accounts are, if they have no other connection to America. Well, the U.S. is one of only actually two countries in the world that require citizens to um, be subject to the tax rules when they live outside of the, the the U.S. And so if you're a U.S. citizen, even for the day, and I've had two hours is my uh, lowest I've ever had someone be resident. <laughs> two yeah. hours? Yeah. But, really? Yeah. Quick, fly them out of the country? Yeah, they were on their way back. But no, you're an American. Two yeah. hours. So, so then... Um, and so then at that point, you just file. Now, there may not be any tax implication, but it's a lot of filing and that sort of thing, too. So all these re- reporting with the bank accounts and that, there's no tax payable. It's just they want to know. Um, they're trying to track money outside of the, the U.S. So the, the, this filing that you're talking about, uh, do you put on your accounting hat to do that filing? And secondly, are all accountants asking the clients the appropriate questions and providing them with the necessary forms to meet the paper requirements of Uncle Sam? Well, it's a really tricky uh, industry, the cross-border work, and there, there isn't that many people that specialize in it. So a lot of people ask, are you a citizen of the U.S.? And they say, no. I tend to ask, where were you born? Because like you said, <laughs> that, that seems to be the question that, that uh, comes yeah, up. Wait, 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 so hear no evil, see no evil doesn't work in your mind? <laughs> uh, that's not, I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> but uh, I think there's a, there is a so, part So you, of, you have to probe... Uh, well, I want to give them the best advice, the clients, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, some I bet you there's a, a, a good number of people here who have made a blind eye to that, which is maybe not the best idea now because they're offering a program they've done for a few years now, which may not last a whole lot longer, which lets people, um, like an amnesty where you come forward, you do a few returns, and then you're you're clean. There's no penalties. Now, if they catch you, the penalties are extremely severe in the U.S. for not following those forms. Uh, we are in studio with Mark Fagenbaum. He is a lawyer. He is an accountant, and he deals with cross-border issues. If you're a athlete, a pro athlete, if you're a musician, uh, if you're a business person operating in both countries, um, and you don't have a good cross-border accountant and a cross-border lawyer, uh, Mark Fagenbaum, I'm certain, would be more than happy to have a consultation with you. Uh, more with Mark on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. Hi-Fi Radio, Jack Hartle in studio, here for the cause of helping you become wealthier. 
reduce tax, spend less money, um, and be compliant. Do not fight the law when it comes to Uncle Sam. Um, no, you cannot fight the law. Uncle Sam's tentacles are too far-reaching. Uh, if there's any issues, if you have any consideration, concern as to uh, are you uh, complying with uh, tax and filing uh, regulations, you're not sure, speak to a professional immediately. Uh, the fines can be uh, punitive. Uh, and good good news is we have Mark Fagenbaum of Fagenbaum Law, and he's also an accountant. So you have an accountant and a lawyer in one with Mark Fagenbaum. Um, let, let, let's... Uh, Speak about Canadians right now and the uh, investing landscape, Mark. Uh, the Canadian marketplace has been challenged for the last five years, basically going sideways. Oil has been in, a, in the toilet and uh, the commodity landscape hasn't been terribly robust. you got a global slowdown, none of which has boded terribly well for Canada. So a lot of Canadian investors in the last 10 years have ventured beyond their normal um, exposure to the U.S. stock market and perhaps into the U.S. real estate market as well coming out of that crash uh, in 2007, 2008. Jack and I have a number of clients who bought uh, property uh, in California, and we are so jealous. Uh, <laughs> the sunshine, so jealous. sun, sunbelts oh, for sure, oh, so especially this time of year with the season that we're having and, yeah. and the weather. Um, so let's start with, again, uh, friends and family. If you own some... Facebook, who just reported some very stellar results, if I may add, stock up 11%. Hope you didn't capitulate on that name. If you own some Apple, if you own some U.S. banks, uh, and you pass away, the threshold to have to report to the American authorities your U.S. holdings is quite low. Uh, we filed my mother's estate return mark a few years ago, and uh, her exposure might have been $100,000 of U.S. positions, but she had to file. So, so what is the minimum threshold uh, upon death uh, of having U.S. assets where you actually now have to file a terminal tax return to the American authorities. Because that also requires a third hat. You have to now hire a U.S. tax accountant. Are you that as well? I am. I'm a Perfect. lawyer and an accountant in the U.S. as well. A, a lawyer in Canada, a lawyer, excuse me, an accountant in Canada and an accountant in the United States? Yes, and a lawyer in Canada and a lawyer in the United States. Really? Yeah, a couple uh, years ago. Oh, my, congratulations. Your mom must be proud of you. Uh, but it's state by state too that you have to be, and province by province, where you have to be registered for. Is it for a lawyer for sure? Is it for accountant as well? No, well, tax law is federal, so it's, it's right. it goes across the states. But okay, again, Uncle Sam, that makes sense. A federal law, that's very interesting. Right. But but back to what we we're talking about the estate yep. tax. So the U.S. has an estate tax where uh, any transfers of wealth. So if you're a U.S. citizen or resident, you have to pay estate tax based on all of your wealth transferring at death. If you're a non-citizen of the U.S., then um, uh, you you also have to pay based on U.S. assets like U.S. stocks or uh, U.S. Um, residences or any kind of real property. Now, there's an exemption for um, U.S. citizens of $11.5 million that you don't have to pay the tax on. So, for, so let's stop this. So a U.S. citizen with a net worth or an estate value of $11 million or less mm -hmm. pay zero estate tax? That's correct. And okay. that's, that's global assets too, right? That's right, global okay. assets. Now- You hear uh, that Zuckerberg? <laughs> for a- The Zuckerberg's uh, net, net worth just popped 11%. Yeah. Brittany's gonna do the math uh, during this hit and tell us how much that was. Okay. Yeah, but anyways. <laughs> um, now, if you're a non-citizen, then um, then you pay, but your exemption's only on $60,000. And so that's why you'd have to file. Now there's a deal. Sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. You have to file. But so if you have sixty thousand dollars of stock or U.S. asset, you're gonna have to report. You this. have to report at that right. uh, your terminal tax return. Right. Now, Must get report. And if you don't report that, I'm gonna, if I may, interject, sure. Mark, the um, executor of that estate becomes liable and in the crosshairs of Uncle Sam. That's correct. The executor, pay attention to what Mark is telling you. Here. Yeah, it's it's transfer or liability. So whoever transferred the money. 
the property without filing the return is the one responsible. That would be the executor, even if they're not related to you or anything. So, like. so Mr. Executor, if you transfer the money now to the beneficiaries in their entirety, and a couple of years later, Uncle Sam, through its audits and through its artificial intelligence and big, powerful computers, finds out about you, money's gone. You're on the hook. Yeah, and I've actually done cases like that where the executor's been on the hook. Oh, money and money dispersed. Money was already dispersed. It was a lawyer actually dispersed the money. Wow. <laughs> yeah. so, and, and for the most part, though, like uh, in in uh, Wolf's mother's case, there's not a whole lot of tax owing, but it's it's right. an administrative. I'll, I'll call it a burden that you have to right. that you have to file. And just to be clear, so um, if you're a non-citizen, then you have to pay tax on the amount over sixty thousand. Except there's a deal between Canada and the U.S. So if you're a Canadian, then you can share in that eleven and a half million dollar exemption. And which means that you probably wouldn't have uh, any U.S. tax payable if, you, but you have to actually file the return to say I'm a Canadian and I want to use this exemption. But again, so a Canadian with you know, let's let's speak about a very high net worth Canadian that would have a million dollars of U.S. stock right. uh, and a, a condo in Florida that's worth eight hundred thousand dollars. Right. Um, net owing the condo, there'd be a, a gain, a tax tax paying, but wouldn't win there. Condo would be treated as capital gain on the sale? So U.S. doesn't use a capital gain system. It uses this, uh, this transfer tax based on fair value. Uh-huh. There would be a capital gain in Canada on that amount, but but not in the U.S. So it's a little bit, it's very different systems. Canada based on the growth of the assets and U.S. is based on the value, value of, the, of the, the assets. assets right. right. But but again, if his, let's say his whole worldwide holdings were $10 million, then he would have zero estate tax payable in yeah, the Yeah, and again, you said worldwide assets. So right. if he has the Muskoka cottage next to Jack's place, that's worth say three or four million, bucks and he's got the condo downtown that's a thousand bucks a square foot is two thousand a couple million bucks there um but then he has a million of us so his canadian assets are factored into his worldwide assets sum for this for this special calculation they give to canadians you have to factor in the worldwide assets and then you'll get some special sharing of this 11 million credit a citizen would get uh, uh, mark i'm gonna have to end with this is a very important topic and again if you're traveling to the united states extensively you want to pay attention to, to this information. Mark Fagenbaum is the man. If you're an executor of an estate and there are any kind of U.S. assets in that estate, again, make sure you get proper advice. You now have to hire two accountants. You need to hire a Canadian accountant. You need to hire a U.S. accountant. You also need to hire a lawyer uh, to handle both legal issues, Canada and the United States. So uh, certainly I think one of the phone calls I'd be putting out would be to Mark Fagenbaum. Um, a real pleasure to have you in the studio. Thank you. I uh, really me. appreciate your time. And uh Please keep us abreast of changes in legislation so we can uh, inform the Hi-Fi listener. I will uh, do that. Thank much you. Much appreciated. Uh, coming up next, we're going to speak with one of our favorite strategists, Martin Roberge. Uh, so much has changed. It's 2019. Uh, yes, it's a whole new, what do they say with the old uh, tricks? Uh, what was that little, uh, ah, we'll figure that one out later. More of it on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back, Hi-Fi Radio. Yes, whenever we play that song, it's a cue for our French-Canadian dear friend, Martin Roberge. He is our chief North American strategist at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. Uh, this man has massive amounts of gray matter, big brain, 
Um, and he's dancing. He's always dancing in multiple markets. He dances in emerging markets. He dances with gold. Um, he even dances with wolves. Yes, he does. And hence, he's on Hi-Fi Radio with the Wolf on Bay Street. That's me, Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle, in studio for the cause. Thanks for joining us on this cold, wintry day, my friend. Uh, so, Martin, uh, 2019, uh, January is now behind us. It has been a barn burner. I said earlier, it's been a cold month uh, on the streets of Canada. And if you're homeless, uh, God bless you. Uh, sincerely, God bless you if you're homeless. Um, but uh, the markets have been absolutely on fire. U.S. markets look strong too, but much of that's been masked in, in, in U.S. dollar weakness. And, you know, uh, you came on just before year end. Your call for 2019 was to pivot out of the U.S. dollar uh, and into emerging markets because U.S. emerging markets have a lot of U.S. dollar denominated debt. And as such, it'll be easier for them to service that debt. I.e., make the interest payments uh, in U.S. dollars if the U.S. dollar falls. And that is certainly playing out. Uh, so lows, are they in for December 24th? Are we going to retest them? Is it game on? Uh, can we just have a great big safety dance party, my good friend? Should we all come to St. Denis Street and uh, hang out with you and, you know, have some good cheer for the month of February? What do you think? Yeah, this this uh, this possibility of a retest, like it's been our our view that the uh, December low was was such an, an emotional low and uh, and the market mispriced uh, or, or sorry, uh, priced, priced, priced in what uh, could be a, re uh, a, re a recession year in 2019, which we believe will not. So, the fact that we've seen such a, a, an emotional low uh, with acceleration to the downside normally it's very unusual for market to um, to, to retest lows in the short term when you have an emotional bounce as well. And this is exactly what we've had so far in January. So I would say that if we retest the lows, it will be in the second half this year or in 2020 when the market rightly discounts the prospects of a recession. But for now, it's obviously too early to make that call. Martin, that's a fresh thought. So you... Because Jack and I were sort of in camp with Tony Dwyer that if the lows are going to get retested, they tend to happen quite, uh, what's the word, close to when the low occurred, i.e. a matter of weeks, um, and then it's a green light. In other words, you have a, the low on December 24th, perhaps three or four weeks into a bear market rally, because that's what it was called. This was called a bear market rally, which perhaps yep. it's not, that no. within three or four weeks, the low would get tested, breached by 2 or 3%, scare the bejeebies out of everyone, including myself, and then go higher. You're now saying, no, it's probably going to work its way higher, and then maybe second half of the year or later in the year as the market discounts 2020, it That's could then right. retest the low and actually go lower than December 24th. Well, there could be an, un an undercut to, uh, to the lows of, of, of December, uh, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that uh, it will be upon um, investors looking for a more challenging 2020 uh, and what we have and what we had in in December was uh, 
more the expectations of, of a 20, 2019 recession. So the fact that also don't forget something very important, the Federal Reserve, Reserve has, uh, has changed its tone. Like uh, uh, look, looking back at December, um, the, uh, the, the monetary policy was on, on an autopilot with the Fed expected to hike uh, rates four times in 2019. But uh, as we've seen lately, uh, now the Fed is being more patient. And that means no rate hikes before probably the second half uh, uh, this year. So it's, uh, it, it's going to be eventually another rocky environment for, for markets. But uh, this is when the, the Federal Reserve will come back with the rate hikes. But for, for now, like until uh, probably next, uh, next summer, next spring, uh, the, the market looks, uh, looks fine. Uh, there will be obviously rolling corrections and rallies, but overall the, the, the uptrend should, should, uh, should, uh, stick around, should, should stay, uh, stay, uh, stay put, or we should uh, normally see a, a, a pretty stable uh, a ride till, uh, till, uh, till the spring. I would also say those the December lows that we keep talking about, they, they were very emotional for investors, especially retail investors. We talked to a lot of uh, investors that were getting shaken over that period, Wolf. But it was also structural and, and uh, liquidity within the market. So people were on holidays. There was a lot of news coming out. It was right at the end of the big blow-off, which was you know very negative. The, the market was down 20%. It was huge. But then you saw on, I think it was Boxing Day, the market rebounded. I think it was 1,000 points. That was the first time that people looked at it and said, this may just be a, a bear market rally. But what I think Martin is saying here is last year we were talking about late cyclicals. We spoke to him now and he's talking about early cyclicals, which you typically come out or you look at coming out of a recession. Um, is, is that where your focus is right now? You, you mentioned, I think, the autos, the banks, the home builders, all those are uh, very early in the, the economic cycle when you want to have exposure to them. Yeah, you need it. It's kind of weird because the, the key question, Mark, is that where we are in the late stage cycle like are we beginning the late stage or like in the middle of the late stage or late in the late stage and as long as we're not too late uh, portfolios have to have to have some exposure into uh, com- some kind of a barbell strategy where they have to look at, at some defensive yielders like stocks uh, providing high dividend yields because you know the market is is, is more volatile and this is the, the safe place to, uh, to, to park money especially if if the economy is slowing down bond yields will normally not go anywhere and those dividend yielders look uh, great uh, and but you also need the uh, the uh, the early cyclicals in the portfolio because we all know that we're going into uh, um, a, a monetary tightening cycle. Yes, we we may have a halt or a pause right now, but there's still going to be a debate between like the soft landing and the hard landing camp, and if we we do uh, see the possibility of, uh, of the economic cycle reaccelerating in in the second half uh, next year. Uh, sorry, this year, uh, as uh, we we enjoy the, the lower rates, uh, the lower price of energy. Well, you need some cyclicality in the portfolio and, the, and in the portfolios, and those that normally do best or those that are performing well when you you you, in, you enjoy reacceleration. So it's another another mini cycle uh, of growth, uh, which should normally favor the uh, again, as you mentioned, Jack, the early cyclicals of the market, the home builders, the auto and parts and the financials. Important stuff to Canada, certainly. Um, look, uh, we're, on, we're on the line here with Martin Robert. He's our North American strategist. Uh, 
He's going to help you uh, have your annual review with your advisor, uh, help you ask the right questions. And if you're not getting the right answers, you may want to call Jack and I because we will give you the right answers because we have people like Martin on our team. Uh, and we are leafers, by the way, not half fans. Uh, that's another discussion. More with Martin Roberge on Hi-Fi Radio, Chief Strategist, right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. There's a throwback to Montreal, a little April wine. Uh, Vin Rouge. Eh? I would have named them Vin Rouge. What do you think that, Martin? Yo. Yo. How are you? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> it's a bit early in the morning. We'll give him a break. <laughs> you know, I proposed to my wife in the uh, French Alps, and I remember uh, we were at the top of the Alps uh, as I gave her the ring, and I wanted it. was a beautiful day. Uh, there were uh, torts, we call them, little, little French pastries everywhere. It was a beautiful cafe out on the top of the mountain. And there were waiters walking around in their handsome outfits with their trays held up with one hand. And I remember trying to flag a, a waiter over uh, so we could buy a bottle of champagne to celebrate. And I, wa- I waved at him, and he just waved back at me. And about an hour later, he showed up, and can I take your order? Uh, oh, it was just a, uh, just what it was, my good friend. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Matt, I digress. Uh, yes, Martin is our uh, chief strategist, North American strategist. He's uh, situated in Montreal. Um, and it's a real pleasure to work with Martin. You know, Jack and I actually have three strategists at our fingertips, and what I like about the three strategists is they all have a unique perspective on the market. Um, uh, Brian Reynolds, uh, he's a credit analyst and a credit strategist, and he thinks this bull market that we're in has another three to five legs on it because uh, of all the share buybacks that are taking place and because of easy money. So companies are borrowing money, um, increasing debt, and using that debt to buy back stock. And he thinks that is going to extend this bull market for three or five years. Tony Dwyer is sort of in the middle. He thinks the Fed might actually cut interest rates this uh, this year, Martin. I just heard him on our U.S. call this morning. Uh, but he thinks the bull market has some some legs still, another year or two, data dependent, uh, a little more cautious than he was, but I think he remains quite bullish and still thinks the market could make a new all-time high. Martin, he's, again, taken more of a global approach, which I find very refreshing. And so far, his call has been really good. You know, and speaking about emerging markets, he called that last December and one of the best performing uh, sectors or, or, or uh, countries right now have been the emerging markets. You're seeing the EEM absolutely rally, uh, benefiting, of course, from a U.S. dollar. And you're seeing Canada outperform the United States. And Jack and I always view Canada as an emerging market, not because we are, but we sort of act like one because we supply the world with stuff. You're seeing Great numbers come out of CN Rail. Good numbers come out of CP Rail. Because Canada, we are hewers of wood. We're drawers of water, and we sell it to the world. Um, I will say, Martin, a call of yours that has been sort of, uh, I won't say wishy-washy, uh, but it certainly was not ooh-la-la. And that, no. was, that was gold and silver. I love that phrase, ooh-la-la. I've been trying to use that phrase. I love it. Uh, last time I heard it was in France. Uh, so uh, g- give us something, my good friend, that is ooh-la-la. Well, the the Olala is going to be outside the U.S. Uh, there's no doubt that when you look back at the last 10 years, uh, Wolfgang, the easy way to make money for your clients was just to buy the uh, the S&P uh, unhedged, mean, meaning 
buying U.S. dollar while buying also U.S. stocks. And you did extremely well because the market has done well and the Canadian dollar has gone down from uh, parity in t 2007 yeah. to, uh, to 75 cents. So, amazing. So, so that was an amazing run. Now, uh, where could we uh, have a replay of this, uh, this uh, cycle elsewhere in the world? Because we all know that the U.S. government uh, is, uh, is running uh, pretty sizable budget deficits. And we also have uh, trade deficits in the U.S. And um, you can't, uh, uh, you can, uh, 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 like, create deficits on a perpetual basis uh, without eventually um, having foreign investors having second thought on, on, on your currency. And this is what we believe is the next story for the next five years. We're going to see a um, pretty gradual and steady depreciation of the U.S. dollar, which will uh, be extremely positive for international currencies. And if you look at international markets, Wolfgang and Jack, like they've been like, okay, like they've been doing okay over the past few months, but over the last couple of years, they have been la they have lagged um, uh, U.S. equities by by uh, by by uh, by, by a lot. Market. Well, look at just look at China. Look at look at Russia. Uh, uh, look at Russia. Look uh, like we're now we're seeing Brazil doing better, India doing better, but uh, as a group, emerging markets have been. And I would say even European equities have done not necessarily very well. So we're looking at valuations of these markets versus the S and P 500, and what we're seeing are are record discounts. So you you no, know, so I'm, I'm going to jump in here because you're right. Because Brazil, well, okay, Brazil, if that's good or bad, but it trades at about 21 times earnings. India yeah. trades at 25 times earnings. So that's not you know what you're referring to. You're referring more to Italy, 11 times earnings. Russia, sick. Russia's five yeah. times earnings. Yeah. Whereas the United States, Martin trades what on a forward basis now, 14. But 15. you look at the Russian market, right? You can have your your assets. Confiscated in that type of well, market. They won't do that to you, the Russians. Come uh, on, be careful. Uh, no, be careful. Right there, oh, they've got Putin. They're friendly. Well, anyways, you you have rule of law in the U.S. It's very different. You can't compare. You got to compare apples but to apples when you look at don't markets. Don't forget, like uh, India prints a seven uh, percent GDP growth rate, like yep. on, on a steady basis. So we you have to adjust the multiple for for the growth trajectory also. But the first, I would say, the first step is to buy the overall. Uh, emerging market exposure because you don't want to, you want to make sure that you capture the turning point and sometimes people try to be cute and trying trying to pick the right country and they miss the whole leg so I think like uh, early in a cycle you want to uh, buy broad exposure in the emerging markets and you you've got ETFs you can you can use uh, to play the uh, the turnaround the first cycle uh, the first the first leg of a cycle and th and then eventually as the emerging markets outperform you can pick and choose but overall I think it's it's better to have just outright broad exposure in those in those markets and if I'm right that international currencies and emerging market currencies uh, appreciate relative to the U.S. dollar, well, your people will make money on the currency and also on their uh, stock holdings. So this is the double positive that, uh, that we've enjoyed investing in the U.S. over the past 10 years. Now it's the turn for international markets to enjoy the same, same two tailwinds. Martin Roberge, our chief North American strategist, uh, again, thinks outside the box, 
thinks globally, uh, and yet acts locally and lives in Montreal. Uh, a real treat, my good friend. I can't thank you enough for all of your wisdom. Uh, we will have you back on Hot Fair Radio ever so soon. Stay warm, my good friend. Coming up next, your health is your wealth. Uh, we're going to have Dr. Liz Janelle uh, talk to us about wellness right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yeah, some great rock. A little UFO, or bad rock, call it what you want. But I think it's good rock. A little Michael Schenker, Rudolf Schenker. Went on to form a band called the Scorpions. It is Hi-Fi Radio. It's about money, really. Uh, but I just like music so much. Um, I want to share with you a couple of concepts. Um, number one, when it comes to the world of investing, um, Jeff Bezos of Amazon believes betting on things that never, ever change. Um, it's all about wealth, right? Our, our little show here, Fair Weight, is all about money. Investment returns have a lot of potential to make you rich and achieve your goals, but whatever the strategy is going to work and how long it will work for and whether markets will cooperate is always a question. See, markets don't always cooperate. But personal savings and frugality, finances, conservation, and efficiencies are part of money equation that are largely in your control and have a 100% chance of being as effective in the future as they are today. In other words... You can control your financial outcome a number of different ways. And one of them is to save. The other one is to spend beneath your means. But then we're going to take on to the next concept. And the concept is your health is your wealth. And again, Bezos would agree with that. He would he would put his weight into it and make that bet. Uh, if you take care of your health, well, then you can go to work and generate wealth. Uh, so to help us with that and all those New Year resolutions that we have kept, we're into the month of February. Time to do a little uh, checky-check. Are we uh, on track? Probably not. I give up New Year's resolutions, by the way. I just uh, take on new tasks. So I'm going back to culinary art school, my good friend. Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Lise Janelle, another French-Canadian, uh, is in studio with us. Uh, and so she is a wellness expert, uh, formerly a chiropractor. Uh, that's a different discussion for a different show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so please tell us, uh, wellness, make Jack and I feel well. What's yeah. it going to take? What does it take? Um, um, the best way for me to explain health and wealth connecting together is that health for me is the natural state of a human being. And we are born to be healthy. If that was not true, all of us would be dead because the body is constantly working for us. So we experience dis-ease when there's a block to the healing force of the body. And the block can be structural, biochemical, or emotional. So all of those things are factors in you being healthy. And if you're experiencing stress, you decrease your health. You also decrease your ability to think and make the right decision and have the right outcome for your wealth. It's all, it's all connected. If you eat uh, poor food, your blood sugar drops, and you're about to make a big decision on your stock portfolio, you can have big problems as well. Yes, well, again, my doctor always said to me, we try to read it to our kids, uh, the most important meal of the day is breakfast. So it all starts with when you wake up and... Yeah, and at the same time, I've been in the health industry since 1979, and one of the things that's coming up now, if you want a sharp mind, is to 
turn the body from using glucose to using ketones. And ketones is the byproduct of burning fat. And um, doing intermittent fasting is actually a very good way of training your body to use fat for fuel. It's actually the name of a really good book I can recommend. It's called Fat for Fuel by Joseph Mercola. And the idea is actually to maximize your mitochondria, which are a little powerhouse that create the energy in your cells. And that I actually, personally, I skip breakfast. I haven't had my breakfast because I have tweaked my body to use my body fat as my fuel. And what it does is it makes your mind really sharp. Well, you know, <laughs> I go so I go against the grain. No, 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 that's very interesting. That. <laughs> you know, Doctor Lee, that's very interesting. And again, Jack is very health conscious as well, um, uh, which is a good thing. But you know, I'm a very skinny individual, and mm -hmm. when I don't have breakfast, my my sugar levels drop. I feel it, and I get headaches. Uh, I, I've spent a couple rounds in the hospital for various appendix issues, shall I say, uh, eight eight to ten days in the hospital, and when you can't get fed. Uh, you're, you're exactly what you're saying takes place. You lose any fat you have, and then and then you start to lose muscle mass, and, and that, that for me becomes a problem to, because to we to put that muscle mass back on is very very difficult. And I, I, I gorge, I eat a ton of food, but it doesn't stay with me. Yeah, there's a difference between starving yourself and actually. Um, because it takes 30 days before you start digesting your muscles. Uh, if you don't have any fat storage, it might happen faster. But uh, the idea is not to starve yourself. The idea is to eat in a window of six to eight hours and you eat healthy food. You avoid carbs. It makes a huge difference. Um, it's all about eating small amount of protein, vegetables, healthy fats. And if you do that, you, your actually body is going to stabilize. You'll be able to build muscles. You'll be super healthy. I, I experienced it because I went really strict. But the idea, the reason why you're having a problem right now is your body is not using fat for fuel. It's been used to using glucose, and that's why you're going to feel the, the, the blood sugar dropping. Because I went really strict on the ketogenic diet. I don't recommend doing ketone, ketone uh, diet for too long. But I, I went skiing, and I had super strong legs. I was with my cousins, we were at Mont Saint-Anne, we did the whole mountain, I was flying. Because when you maximize uh, the use of ketones, your cells use 30% less oxygen to give you energy. So you, but your body doesn't age as fast, you have more energy, your body is more efficient, your mind is clearer, you can make better decisions. But you're right, if you haven't been able to move your body from uh, using uh, ketone, uh, and it's still using glucose, if, if you're skipping a meal, you're going to feel awful. But if your body is used to it, you feel great. Uh, you are listening to Hi-Fi Radio, a show about money. Your health is your wealth. You've heard it before. Uh, we have Dr. Lise Genel in speaking to us about diet, speaking to us about wellness, and uh, wellness, excuse me, and uh, how to uh, perhaps... Uh, Get some good habits uh, for 2019 that are going to allow you to live a longer, healthier, more productive life. Uh, please stay tuned to Hi-Fi Radio. More of it right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. 
Hi-Fi Radio, it is a show about money, it's a show about wealth, uh, it's a show about health every now and then, and you know, all of which is a lifelong process. Building wealth takes decades. It's, it is a process for your entire life, and if, if you think long-term, Jack and I spoke about this before, I hate the cliche long-term, but I'm gonna, I have to use it for simplicity's sake, and if you invested 100 bucks in the U.S. small cap index in 1950, 68 years later, your $100 would have grown into $800,000 but you'd had to stay the course. In terms of health, January is now behind us. Good intentions are probably swept under the carpet. The couch is so comfortable and it's so cold outside, you don't want to walk the dog. Um, we have Dr. Lise Janelle in studio to help us become healthier. Uh, off air, you're just telling us that you're working with the uh, former author of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. So are you writing a book, and what's it all about? Yeah, I'm writing a book with Jack Canfield. He's sold 500 million books on the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, The Success Principle. And I'm writing a book. It's called Unstuck. And, uh, on stock? Unstuck. Huh. <laughs> I, I'm taking culinary course. You... <laughs> so I, 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 I make chicken stock, I make beef stock, and I also manage stock. I like stock. And... Uh, uh, the idea, Jack has been a, a, you know, a coach and a transformational leader for 50 years. And, and the work that I do, he says, was the missing link for him and his, and his clients. Mm. And what I do is I, I help people align their conscious mind and their subconscious mind. And it's super important for people to know that, um, especially with wealth, because tweaking that can make you hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars more. Because consciously speaking, your mind that wants you know, to be successful, wealthy, and all that is relatively speaking the size of a football. Your subconscious mind that's in charge of your survival, the football field. And if your subconscious mind has associated having wealth with more danger than safety or more pain than pleasure, it will sabotage you. And you know that you have a subconscious belief working against you when you know what needs to be done, but you're not doing it. You do everything that needs to be done, but it feels like drudgery. And the third one is you keep doing all the right things, but get the opposite results. These are all clues that your subconscious mind is not on track. And I've worked with clients and helped them make gazillions of dollars just by switching that. So, okay, let's talk about going to the gym. It is a drag. Mm -hmm. I think for everybody. Like, I, I, Muhammad Ali said working out was a drag. Practicing was a drag, but he had to do it uh, to be the world's greatest fighter. So... Is there incongruencies between conscience? I feel very normal. I don't like working out. It's a drag. Yes, that's when you have a subconscious belief working against you. That so just I say well, once you do what? it, once you do it, and you get into a routine, if you don't work out, you actually feel bad. I agreed. And, and well, once it. you start working out, ten minutes into it, you feel fine. It's that first ten or fifteen. But minutes. the other point that that relates to the stock market, you talk about survival bias. Uh, there's a huge herd mentality in the stock market, right? People see people selling. Yep. What are they going to do? They want to get whatever they can out of the market. They sell it. What's the price? I don't care. Just get me out. Right. Right. So it's, it's very important to, to protect yourself against uh, um, that. Doctor, we are we are out of time. Uh, Doctor Lise Janelle, I, I want to ask. So, do people hire you for consultation or? Mm -hmm. yeah, so, yep. um, how, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, it's easy. Four one six success. Four one six success. 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 Like success. success. Oh, success. Oh, success. Success. And they can book a complimentary uh, session with me. Isn't that? And, and you're situated in Toronto. I'm downtown Toronto. You're yeah. Downtown Toronto. But I have clients all over the world. And and sorry, when's your book coming out? Next year. Next year. I, I look forward to it. We're going to bring you back on. We can talk about your book. Cool. Jack and I get an autographed copy of it. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, my good friends. Thank you for tuning in to Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio 640 in Toronto. May you be healthy, wealthy, wise, and live long. Keep, to, keep tuning in to Hi-Fi Radio each and every weekend, and we will help you do just that. All the best. We'll be right back.
listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.